they'll be like, oh, I don't like all this woke. And then actually when there's a trans girl turning up because their son has brought them home, they're like, oh, this is actually fine. Welcome back to Lustcast. Today we're chatting about dating a trans woman. Is it like dating anyone else or is there more to know? And what's the deal with masculinity and sexuality in all this? We'll dive into all that and more. But first, if you're enjoying my content, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you're feeling extra friendly, please show some love and get a premium subscription. You get access to uncensored episodes and bonus content. Now let's get into the good stuff. Joining me today is Princess P. How's it going, Princess P? It's going very well, thank you, darling. How are you? I'm very good. And like, thanks for doing this, because I think a lot of people would say, why would you talk about trans dating on my podcast? But like, it's something I realized recently that Mm -hmm. straight men do meet trans people. Of course, yeah. I think there's a very common misconception that if you're a trans person, that that, or if you, sorry, if you're interested in a trans person, that that makes you gay, but it's very much not the case. So it's, dating trans people is very much a a heterosexual uh thing if you're obviously of the opposite sex yeah and so for straight men it's very much a topic and you know there's if we look at how many studies there are of how often uh trans porn is searched and how high um how high the consumption of trans porn by straight men is i think it's uh, safe to say that it's definitely a straight topic for really? guys out there yeah yeah i didn't know that i didn't know trans porn was so popular but i i've got a friend and he is straight but he only watches trans porn okay and his reason is that he doesn't want to look at a man when he's jerking off yeah and it's like okay but i guess there's like so many different flavors of that yeah totally i mean i don't blame him at all yeah i mean it makes complete sense yeah like, i'd love to know what the actual figures are i feel like we should pull it up or something yeah you but it's always, studies, I'm like, okay. it's always <laughs> like the south of america where you know trans uh where they're rolling back trans rights and, you know, they're they're quite vocal about disliking trans people, especially trans women. Mm. The the sort the search terms for, for trans porn is particularly high. Yeah, it's always like that. The more religious the community is, like the more taboo something is. Exactly. I think that makes it more appealing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I guess, like, just to kick things off, I'm just going to ask the dumb, all the dumb questions that ask the, the dumb audience questions. are thinking yep. and that I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I guess let's just start with some basics. Like, um, like what does it actually mean to be transgender? Okay. Oh, I love this. We're really going into the basics. Yeah. So, um, I mean, nowadays I feel like gender has become so sort of like, um, a, a, gender has become like a lot. How do I explain that? It's become elaborated on a little bit. And it, it's not quite as simple as it used to be back mm. in the day. But essentially, ge- being transgender is having like a dis- sort of disincongruence, I think is the right word that I'm trying to say, with your gender that you were assigned at birth. So yeah. if you're assigned male at birth, um, as an example, and then you grow up and you think, actually, I don't feel like my body parts match what my head is. Uh, essentially, that's being transgender and um, mm-hmm. wanting to then transition to be that opposite gender that you are but it comes in so many different shapes and forms you know yeah i think a lot of the times we're talking about people who are non-binary these days who sit in between being female or male um and it's like gender is a sliding scale whereas sexuality and sex is uh, sorry sex is like a static thing it's kind mm-hmm. of what your genitals tell you that you are although there is a lot of evidence i think nowadays as well to take to say that that sex isn't 
as binary as we thought it was mm-hmm. especially when we look at intersex people who are people who are kind of like born with yeah it's both or different sets of organs yeah i have an intersex friend and yeah they have kind of similar issues to what a lot of trans people mm-hmm. just at least um in amongst my friend groups mm-hmm. um and it's been like they're kind of like fitting in and um just feeling confident yeah in their own body that's been really hard for no, my friend completely. well if you think about it like being intersex like you literally when you've got like a whole mixture of hormones and everything going mm. on in there in your body and i mean being intersex like they have so many different iterations someone might have a penis and yeah and they might have um I don't know, a vagina at the same time. They yeah, might have ovaries within her. them or whatever. It's like, it can be a whole different mixture of things, but um, it's a whole beautiful sliding scale. And the more our society progresses, I think that people are understanding more and more that gender isn't just this like male, female, and it's there's so much more to it. And thank God, because wouldn't that be so boring? Yeah, and even on like, like the thing you said about... Um like sex being the thing you're born with and um gender is how you feel about yourself well gender is a societal construct and yeah. it's something that we've like created and, and um and it's very much like a western thing as well yeah and like i noticed that um a lot of critics would say that well you've made gender up mm-hmm. and the response to that is well yes yeah <laughs> like it kind of is made up yeah because like there's nothing there's nothing genetic saying men should hunt and women should no, do it, this. And it's all like men should wear this and women should wear that. Yeah, so. totally. Gender is like a, it's like a set of rules that we kind of put on people to say like, this is who you are and what you are. And mm. I mean, when we look at history as well, it's like changed in times. Like yeah. how pink used to be a men's color. Well, men used to wear tights. Yeah, exactly. It was normal. It's like... and, uh, and high heels were invented for men. So, mm-hmm. you know, how, what are gender roles and our idea of like what a stereotypical man or woman is change in the next couple of years? So certainly they change literally like by the minute these days. If you look at, I don't know, I'm trying to give an example, Harry Styles. No, I, <laughs> and I can. And who's like being like queer baiting people because he's wearing these like fabulous dresses and stuff like that. But that's how our society is changing so quickly now. Um I'm rabbiting already and going off time. No, no, it's like <laughs> it, it's something I've always related to because, um, especially when I was younger, being from like the kind of like you know working class town I was from, mm-hmm. I was I would often have like my masculinity questioned or mm-hmm. my sexuality questioned just because I'm not like the most masculine guy. Mm-hmm. But as you explore the world, you realise that there's just so many different types of masculinity mm-hmm. and everybody's got this mix of like masculine and feminine like we don't have to be like andrew tate where like every man has to be strong and rich and Mm -hmm. defending people and like out to like a warrior or something it's like if everybody was like that the world just wouldn't work no totally so no i have my my thoughts and and feelings about toxic (laughs) and masculinity doesn't have to be toxic that's one thing that i I will say because there's that phrase that people bang around and there's aspects of masculinity that i think can be toxic Uh um but femininity as well i think both can be good or bad depending on yeah i guess so people have different ideas of what masculinity is and i think the more that we realize that like that gender as well as like actual masculinity and femininity is a sliding scale the better because like you said some people can be super masculine with about some aspects of their body and their Mm -hmm. personality and 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 those can be really beneficial really great but then you know 
what's wrong with a man crying? Absolutely fuck all. Yeah. And what, why, why, um, why does crying then suddenly make you not masculine? Like, why can't crying be a masculine trait? It's just stupid. Yeah, I think some of the attributes we ascribe to being masculine or feminine are kind of like wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I don't think there's anything masculine about being competitive. No. Because I've never met a non-competitive person in the world. Like, everybody's got their domain where they're competitive. Yeah, I'm not at all. <laughs> oh, you're not, I, I'm waiting to find the, <laughs> that one thing, so congratulations. You found yeah, but you seem to be good at everything, <laughs> just naturally. <laughs> you're, like, listing all the things. But I like other like... people to be really good at them as well. <laughs> it doesn't, I, I don't care if someone's better at me than something, like, good. Yeah, and you don't when you're the best, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I just don't really care. care. <laughs> um... So can we talk about like um, the gender transition a little bit? Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it might seem really dumb, but I think in terms of dating, it is important. Mm -hmm. And um, we can relate it a little bit to dating experiences as well. Okay. If you are a man and you meet someone that's transgender, Uh like there's different types and stages of the transition where you might meet them. Yeah, that's true. Um. So I'll elaborate. Yeah, on that. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super ignorant. Um, so, well, I guess I'll talk from, from my perspective. Yeah. And, uh, because everyone, every trans person is different, whether you're a trans man or a trans woman or you're non binary. I can only really speak of my own experience. Um, I actually came out as trans a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been living, I think, about three years now, full time as a trans woman. And I kind of have been dating through that whole, that whole period of my transition. So, okay. It's been, so I've been there each stage. Yeah. So I lived, and again, it's different for everybody, but I lived um, for the vast majority of my life really as a gay man. Okay. Um, Although I always knew that there was something wrong. (laughs) Mm. I I always kind of knew from a very, very young age that I was trans, but I'd, I had a lot of issues with my mum. I was super, super close to my mum, but I had a lot of issues with my mum and I knew that she would never accept it. So basically, I kind of put it off to like a later point in my life. How does it, it might seem like a weird question, but how does it feel to to like know you're trans, say? Um, oh, fuck, that's a big question. I don't know. Um, I always had an issue with my body. Mm. Um, I've never had an issue with my genitals, which is quite rare for a trans person. I think that was well, not rare actually. There's plenty of people who are trans who don't have an issue with, gen- with their genitals. But um, I had what we refer to as gender dysphoria mm-hmm. about things like when I when I started my puberty, and my shoulders got broader and got taller. My voice started dropping. Things like that. I was like, I don't like this at all. Mm. I don't like this one bit. And I would look at the cis women around me and be like, Well, you know, I want what they've got. Mm. And I want I want to look like that. I w- because and I feel like that. And you know, there's the stereotypical thing of like oh, I play with girls' toys and I play with makeup and I'd wear mm. makeup and stuff like that, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're trans. Yeah. But I always had those things. But at the same time, I had connects and I'd love I love trucks and I'm a big nerd and things like that. So there were lots of like masculine things I mm. liked. So it was almost like I had this sort of mix of ideas. And I was like, well, I th- I think I'm trans. And I remember being. I must have been like 12, maybe something like that. And being like specifically was in the bath and looking at my body and thinking like, I don't feel like this, this makes sense. This, this isn't me. Mm. Um, and there's funny stories to tell my family as well. Of like times when I had to go to hospital because I got an earring stuck down my ear, my ear. And what? the doctor said, why have you put that on? I said, because I wanted to be more like my sisters. 
Mm. And um, I cut my legs shaving in the bath when I was really little and then got out of the bathroom because I'd seen blood, I fainted and it was a bit very dramatic and I had to get dragged outside and we were like wafting me and everything. And it was again, like, why are you shaving your legs? Like, I didn't have any leg hair, but I was like, well, that's what girls do. And I was like, I didn't get why, like I shouldn't be shaving my legs. And mm. even like small things of, um, I would always put my towel around my boobs when I was a little yeah. kid. And um, I remember my mom being like, what no, like boys don't wear towels like that. And I was like, what? It didn't compute with me. Or things like oh, people go, look at that man over there. And I'd be like, uh, over my shoulder, I'd be like, who? And um, I just never felt like a man. So it sounds like, especially with the towel and things, at least my interpretation of it is that it sounds like kind of an instinct in a way. I guess so, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I guess it, there is like an instinct and there's this, you know, things don't match up. And, and for some people, it's much more black and white and they kind mm. of, they're born and, and as they start growing up, they're like, well, I'm a girl. They, they just know. For me, it took longer and it was more questioning and it was figuring things out. I I didn't touch a stitch of makeup for like five or six years and mm. I, I grew a moustache and I tried presenting very masculinely and okay. and it didn't work for me at all. Yeah, is that a little bit like how a lot of gay guys will sleep with women to kind of discover so, their gay? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess I've heard that quite a lot. It's quite common with trans people as well because mm. you're trying to like mask up a little bit. Like a lot, of, I know, I hear a lot of stories of people who um who become like weightlifters and bodybuilders or mm. join the army like i've got so many trans friends who have been in the army and because they're, they're trying to like suppress something and yeah. i mean my idea of suppressing it was hardly that like if you see yeah. what i looked it's like pretty extreme i had this like poirot mustache and i really? was like, very camp the way that i dress and everything so it was always a little bit like it was always a little bit of something but um yeah. but yeah that was kind of like my my journey i think to coming out and then i came out pretty much at the start of lockdown I kind of, the world was coming to an end. I was like, oh, fuck this, I'm trans. And um, and then I really discovered myself through lockdown, I guess. Oh, so I guess a little bit of fear made you just think like, okay. It was more of a, I, I knew what was going on in my head like before that. And I, like, I was in a, a relationship where my partner was very supportive. But again, he was a gay man. So he was like, if you're going to try and, he, we never actually had this conversation, but I knew that if I started my transition, that we wouldn't be able to stay together because mm. he wouldn't have been attracted to me. That must be hard. Um, oh, <laughs> it wasn't that stuck. Like, I love the guy to bits. Our relationship <laughs> was coming to an end anyway. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so I kind of got to that point where I just knew it had to happen and then the world was coming to an end. So I thought, fuck it. Mm. And, um, and everyone was absolutely incredible. But then at the beginning of like, I well, was sort of going through lockdown and that's when I started experimenting with what it would be like to sleep with men presenting female. And I was a bit naughty, but I was breaking lockdown rules. And basically there was a period where my front door was like a revolving door. Oh, wow. A bit just of men shagging me, basically. And I think that... I say this, I've said this so many times before, but like lockdown was the best thing for my sex life ever. Because <laughs> like <laughs> it made dating cheaper. Yes. <laughs> like there's nothing you could do and faster. Yeah. It was just fast. It was yeah. good well, to be single. Such a quick relief. Well, at the very beginning when, when we literally yeah. thought you had to wear hazmat suits or even take a, a delivery off the delivery driver. Oh. I wasn't then. But when yeah. we kind of were starting to ease up a little bit, I was like, oh, let's get on Grinder and meet some guys. And yeah. um, and I, it was the first time that I'd ever had sex where I felt correct. That's interesting. Because I've always loved sex and had a very active sex drive and sex life. But it just, there was, 
it's so hard to explain it was just something missing and something that didn't make sense mm. and um and then when i was presenting female and i was looking hell hot and fine i was like okay this makes sense and then as we came out of lockdown for the first one i i'm getting my timeline a little bit mixed up here actually because it wasn't the very first lockdown that came out it's the second one in the uk which is the beginning of 21 mm-hmm. so it hasn't been as long as i thought it was but anyway i kind of panicked and went almost like went back in the closet a little bit for a while and then I and then it was like right full time now completely but I'd already been so there was a, a period where I'd been like sleeping with men as I look now mm-hmm. um and then and that was when I kind of really really knew and then when I I didn't start actually fully living full time until that was right after the first the first lockdown sorry the second lockdown god it was it was feels like yeah there were so at many the weren't there um, the first one was the scary one, yeah. like you say. And that one I bunkered up. I yeah. like, I just grabbed the last girl I was dating. I was yeah. like, will you live with me for a bit? Because <laughs> I'm lonely. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like your dating experience was... Um, shagging first. Yeah. yeah. So was that because like, you weren't, say, confident enough to it go on just, dates? No, it was, or well, just we couldn't. That's the thing. Home, yeah. I think it was because we couldn't. Yeah. And then when I first started going on actual dates, I think because I had really short hair back then as well. So I didn't even, at the beginning, I, like I was wearing, no, my first couple of dates I was wearing a wig. I'm just trying to remember back to, to how it kind of went. And I was not ready to be dating mm. at all. But I think that because I was so apprehensive about how people were going to take me and there was a, an element of, um, how do I explain that? There was a part of me that kind of wanted the validation of men, basically. I get that. And and it was reassuring and it was really like gender affirming as well. Mm. And I, if there's any trans people listening to this, please do not date anyone <laughs> in your first two years of transitioning because it's a really fucking bad idea. Because you really? start, especially if you're starting on hormones or anything like that, your, your energy levels, your sex drive, your headspace that you're in go up and down and left right and all over the place and you're finding yourself you're becoming a whole new person and really you should be focusing all of that energy on you and not somebody else so the first person that I actually dated normally and didn't just go over to have sex with I fell in love with him very quickly wow (laughs) very quickly because I had all this new emotion sort of like Mm. surging around my body and so, again, if that's sort of advice to anyone listening who wants to date trans women, if they are very early in their transition or any kind of trans person, just tread carefully. Yeah. Because, you know, again, especially if they're on hormones, because there are so many variables to everything. And that's not to say that you can't date or you shouldn't or you can't date someone who's at the beginning of their transition, because whatever stage or point you're at in your life and your transition, you still deserve to be loved. But I'd highly recommend that you don't and you wait a little bit. Yeah, and um, then this might sound stupid, but is it that the person you are at the beginning of your transition is going to be like a different personality almost to at the end? Necessarily, or? I think. Well, again, everyone's different, but I think mm. generally speaking, like my, my personality hasn't changed at all. Yeah, it's more so like um, a lot of people will feel like they have mood, will get mood swings, for mm. example, if you are on uh, feminizing hormones, and um, I didn't experience any of that. I, I, I was quite lucky that I didn't really have like mood swings as much, although I'm sure there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I 
didn't think I had any mood swings. So is it more that um, if you're dating someone that's like uh, recently transitioning? Yeah, it could be a roller coaster. Hard work. Okay. Yeah, basically, it can be. It might not be, and everyone's different. But it can, it can be a bit of a roller coaster because your hormones can be all over the place. In the same way that you, like you tread carefully um, dating a menopausal woman, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, because if you think about it, a menopausal woman is you know, her body is changing and she's losing some of the hormones that she's had yeah. her whole life. So it, your body kind of goes through this whole puberty. Mm. Um, when, you ha- when you're going through the menopause, it's like the opposite of a puberty. Yeah, I remember my mum being difficult. Yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. My mum's going through the same thing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, but then that's fun because we can talk about hormones with each other. Yeah. I know, uh, my mum actually... Like, blessed support she, each other. Yeah, she started um, hormone replacement therapy She's like, I don't like this. She didn't. She didn't like how it made her feel, so she gave it all to me. And so, what was it like um, dating? Like when you first started dating, because obviously you went straight to sex. Mm-hmm. But was there anything they were doing that surprised you, or um, you were like, "Oh, I wish you wouldn't be like that," or anything they should? Learn? No, not for me. I don't mm-hmm. think. Although I, I will. So like I mentioned earlier, I have no um, dysphoria about my genitals. Yeah. Um, about my cock, basically. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. The rest of my body does or has done at certain points in my life. But when it comes to like what's between me down there, it's I'm fine with it. And I'm yeah. fine with people sort of going there. However, I know that like the vast majority of the men that I slept with, that's the first, that's, that's why they're there. That's why they're sleeping with me. Oh, really? Like 90%. Okay. I think as well, like at the beginning, I was meeting men through Grindr. And there's a lot of straight men who will go on to Grindr because they're looking for trans women because they want to suck a dick. Okay. And and they don't want to suck a man's dick because they're not attracted to men. But they want to suck a woman's dick. I've heard things like this with cuckold fantasies before where a straight guy will want to suck a guy's dick uh-huh. after it's been inside a girl he likes okay but he wouldn't see it as like a gay thing yeah he would see it as a submissive thing yes yeah i agree with that i can see how that works i think the thing when we if we're talking about like sexual attraction and like mm. what your sexuality is like if you're a guy and you're attracted to men then you're gay or yeah. bisexual whatever um but if you're a straight man who is attracted to a woman who just so happens to have a 12 inch cock <laughs> You, then if you're if you're attracted to her because um b- because she's got the cock you know solely and nothing else then maybe there might be something there but if you think she's fucking beautiful and you're attracted to her body and everything and then she's like oh she's got a dick great because dicks are cool then mm. then then i don't think that makes you gay at all no so they're just thinking like it's something extra yeah it's just In- it's just body parts like we've all got varying sizes and difference and some some are weird some smell some mm. are big some are small but and some women have dicks some don't um some men have vaginas some have um penises and some have both yeah i'm gonna sound really naive but i assumed that when um a you know straight man dates someone transgender that they would be the giving person usually I didn't think it would actually be about the penis. I just kind of, it's like an assumption, obviously. That's a very big assumption. A huge huge assumption. And I think that quite often that's wrong. I mean, it depends on everybody. Yeah. It's different. But in all my relationships, I've been the giver. I guess like the reason I thought that was just because obviously like when 
I'm at a drag show or something like that, uh-huh. there's like that, it feels like trying to hide the penis. Yeah. So I, I thought it was like maybe something that the goal is to remove it. Obviously, that's not well, for everybody. Yeah, well, the goal is for the vast majority of trans women, you know, the goal mm. is to remove it. And it's because they will have, you know, gen- they'll have dysphoria about their genitals. So they want to yeah. get lobbed off. And, um, but for some people, it doesn't, that's not the case. And I think mm. that as, as a society, as we move forward and we understand that gender is so much more than what's in between your legs. Yeah. And there's more acceptance. And that is the thing that for me, I kind of, it didn't stop me, but I was like, well, I can't be trans because I don't have a problem with my dick. And everyone that I know is trans, you know, wants to get to remove theirs. And it wasn't until I started meeting other trans women who were like, actually, it kind of doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's there. Yeah, and- I heard it's a really big thing to um, that some do remove it and some don't. And Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like a, a big decision, obviously. Yeah, well, it's a huge surgery. Mm. It's, a, it's a massive thing. And... Some people are quite happy to not have that surgery um, and just live their life having a bit, a bit of everything. And then mm. some people would rather have um, their uh, pee turned into a V. <laughs> yeah. And every, like I said, everyone's different and like whatever. It's, I can only speak from my own experience, really. Yeah. My own experience. So, so yeah, going back to the dating, that um, a lot of trans people who who do have like dysphoria about their genitals, they don't want some guy who's going to jump into bed with them and put their head right between their crotch. So I think it's a conversation to have with someone if you're going to go into the bedroom with them. And if you've not discussed that about their genitals and what they like and, and what they don't like, you definitely want to go into that, that space and say, look, I want you to tell me what you're comfortable mm. with. And like, can I go down there? Do you want me to go down there? And if you do like, like how do we navigate that what words do you like to to use about it as well because i know some people don't like it to be referred to as like a penis or whatever or um so that's one of those things that really has to be a person by person situation yeah like just like just be normal and be human about it and have a conversation with someone say like what how how do you like to have sex i think that's the thing that people don't do enough i agree and um it that i back when i used to do clubs um for my OnlyFans page, I remember one person coming over and he said, like, I want you to tell me everything you like and everything you don't like. And I thought, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, I've never had that conversation be, right? before. And it was really nice. And he told me what he didn't like and what he did like. And we had lovely sex. Yeah. Um, and if you want to go and watch it, you can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but um, it's definitely a conversation we need to have more because everyone's like, you sort of get into the bedroom, you're trying to have this like, passionate thing and impress someone. But if actually, mm. let's just be normal and human about it and be like, what do you like? Yeah, I agree completely. I think we definitely need more communication with mm-hmm. sex. and But it does sound like an area where you might not know to be sensitive about it yeah, if you've never thought of it before. Completely, but be sensitive about it. And um, and if you are worried about saying the wrong things or anything, mm. you know, just let the person know. Say, look, I'm, I don't want to be naive or I, I don't want to come across as naive or offensive or anything like that. I just want to make sure I've, that you're comfortable. And I don't think anyone would ever like have an issue with that. Yeah. shouldn't do but um so yeah the beginning of my uh dating situation sort of started with like you said like shagging about a little mm. bit and then when i actually sort of went out there and fell in love with this one guy who then turned around and said to me that he was in love with his ex oh that hit hard that hit so Sad. hard because um i mean i'm still friends with him now and it's chill it was like a while ago mm. 
he was in a bit of a crappy position and I was not in the best position. We, sh- we shouldn't have been going on those dates, either of us. But um, it, um, it felt even more painful, I think, because it was the first time that someone had shown affection towards me, towards me, mm. if that makes sense, towards like the person that I am now. Yeah, and um, yeah. and then I then I kind of spiraled and went on a series of different dates and stuff like that that were a bit um, questionable. Yeah, a bit so. questionable. But I, to be fair, they're questionable. But I don't have any like massive disaster stories, unfortunately, of dating. I I think I'm one of the successes that I've found plenty of men who have just been wonderful and have been super respectful and lovely. And did you expect that? No. Why not? Not at all. I expected men to be absolute trash bags because sometimes they can be. And there's an idea through, I think, through our media, really, that's portrayed that um, dating a trans person, also coming out as trans, that you're kissing goodbye to your love life and mm-hmm. that you'll forever just be seen as like a a sex object or a, um, you know, a, a, an escort or um, or you're or a a murder victim because that's what we've always been portrayed as in media mm. there's an amazing documentary on netflix called disclosure um that i highly recommend everyone watches because it talks about the media's portrayal of trans people mm-hmm. um through the eyes of trans people as well like everyone who's in it is trans so they talk about it. it's very very um enlightening mm-hmm. but um yeah i had this really negative idea of what it was going to be like and it wasn't the case at all don't get me wrong like i came across some assholes and um and then i came across some assholes and the assholes are just awesome. <laughs> there was a joke, there was a joke like, in there. <laughs> I didn't plan that. I just sort of thought, oh, 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 matron. Um, I've distracted myself thinking about coming across assholes. Yeah, now. I was going to say the assholes were assholes in the sense of um, just players, fuckboys, that yeah. kind of thing. In the same that they way they would be to any cis woman. Like, yeah, they were just twats. Um, I was going to ask if that was partly one of the reasons why you thought maybe dating might be difficult, just because. Uh, a lot of women also complain yeah, about totally. dating. Totally, yeah. I mean, dating as as a gay guy was difficult. Dating as a trans woman is difficult. Dating, if, uh, you know, as I, mean, I never dated as a, as a cis man, that never really happened. Um, but um, dating is fucking hard. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, like, it's like in it's twenty twenty three, and it's just a nightmare to get a date with anyone. Why do you uh, think it's so hard? Oh, uh, because of social media. Yeah, it's that. Uh, what like the uh the fear of better options is the you know oh, like, i'm dating this person everything's great but i don't like how she sniffs yeah so actually i'm gonna go and find someone else and hopefully she won't sniff whereas yeah. back in the day you know you'd fall in love with susie who lived across the street in your village and she yeah. was susie was the most beautiful girl you've ever seen in your entire life yeah and then you would never see anyone else who was more beautiful than susie but now you go on instagram and you see you know people like the, the hottest people in the entire world and you can go and like their pictures and slide into their dms and it's just it's it's chaos yeah i saw someone describe it as like the illusion of choice yes that you <gasps> like think that. you have choice yes. but actually you don't no you don't it's uh yeah i think it's really I, I i haven't figured out why it's so bad yet mm-hmm. but i kind of deep down i know it is yeah and yet i still play that game of course well, we don't, don't <laughs> we? like... well at the end of the day we all just want to be we all just want to be loved and have someone yeah call yeah um but then i kind of moved on and like i think i dated some really cool people and had some lovely situations going on in my life and um i'm very happily in love now mm. and it's Which very is really awesome good. and yeah. you found that quite quickly i think relatively it didn't feel like it was that quick but it turned out to be the person that i was in love with with 
you know, that I'd fall in love with was already in my life. That's awesome. Yeah, that pretty cool. Um, so yeah, things are going pretty swell right now. Yeah. And um, so um, oh, that's the message that I'll put out to the world that um, coming out as trans is not, um, does not mean the death of your love life, mm. you know, and trans people are very lovable. And um, if you are someone who wants to date a trans person, that does not mean the end of your life either. It doesn't mean that your friends are going to discommunicate you and that everyone's yeah. going to cut you off. I was going to ask about it from like your partner's perspective. Yeah. I mean, he's totally chill. Everyone knows like I met mm-hmm. his family straight away and because it was just such a non thing, mm-hmm. there's like been no issues whatsoever. And there was, I mean, I think I'm very lucky that I live in, you know, a big city in the UK and that like again, his family are pretty open and they're pretty chill about stuff. But because there's, I'm not naive in thinking that there would be some people who'd have an issue with it. Yeah. But, um, but they've been fucking amazing. Yeah, this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is because, you know, the way trans is portrayed in the media mm. is so extreme and so divisive. Yeah. And then, you know, when you meet trans people in real life, they don't spend their whole day talking about trans politics. They're no. just normal people yeah. living their lives, you know just doing the job just doing, navigating around the yeah, world being normal going to the supermarket yeah or whatever, we're not like, breaking down the doors of um of toilets going let me see your genitals i want to see yeah. your pussy uh we're not doing that unfortunately as much as the british media would like you to think um that we're going in and abusing people in bathrooms that doesn't happen and there's maybe like one or two situations where that's happened but it just doesn't yeah well i told you my personal opinion on this is that i live in hungary which is maybe the most one of the most anti-lgbt countries in the world mm. it's right up there with uganda you know oh wow and um but traditionally they have mixed gender changing rooms yeah and it's like if it's been good enough for them for you know hundreds of years yeah um surely we can figure out how to just have cubicles in a changing Literally. room i think that the, the the government in this part of the world and like in america and stuff they're trying to use these almost like a scapegoat they're like yeah. it's like a culture war thing isn't it they'll we'll talk about this while we fudge with other laws so you know like we'll let the the people you know discuss genitals and bathrooms and stupid stuff like that that no one actually cares about when you go out into the real world um get all angry and riled up about that while we do dodgy things with your politics but let's not, let's not talk yeah well, we just yeah we don't not too much politics <laughs> um Everywhere I want to talk about is and like um, when we talk about trans identity, like obviously I'm in Hungary mm-hmm. and um, spend time in different places, and I feel like there isn't one trans identity. So like things might work differently in different places. So for example, where I am in Hungary, um, some trans people I know they don't disclose mm-hmm. that they're trans mm-hmm. um, on dates. Yeah, and like. Do you think like you should or like what's the ethics around? I, oh, it's a really tricky one. I think, and again, that's what that documentary is called, Disclosure, because it's all kind of about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what uh, triggered the question. Yeah. Um, personally, for myself, like I was like, I'm in fucking, I'm nearly six foot two. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I'm under no illusion that people don't clock me. And I'm absolutely chill and fine with that. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But um. So I always want to disclose beforehand whenever mm-hmm. I've been on a date with someone. I like, and especially like on the apps when I, when I used to be on the apps, I would literally. I wanted to. At one point, I thought about almost like photoshopping. I am transgender above mm-hmm. my head on my first picture because people would swipe on you because you're like she's fucking fit, and then 
that I go, then they read my profile and they don't, they don't unmatch me. So I want to get it out of the way as soon as possible yeah, yeah. to avoid any of those awkward conversations. And especially um, because I don't like, they, they refer to it as living stealth where okay. you don't, where you kind of don't disclose you're trans. And for some people that's a little bit easier um, because you can sort of live stealthily. I don't think I could. And I don't want to anyway. Even if I could, I'd still be open about it because I'm quite proud to be trans. Um, but um, I think it's, again, it's it's a person-by-person person thing. I know some people who live stealth and they don't disclose it um, or they maybe go on some dates and then they'll disclose it later. Um, but it's it can be really dangerous. That's my biggest concern. Mm. And um, a lot of the times, this is why people are being murdered because they're going on dates with someone and then they find out later. Or they're sleeping with someone and then they find yeah, out Which obviously like, doesn't excuse the murder. No. But... no, it doesn't. But like people are freaking out because they're like, chef, sat with the trans person? They didn't know. Mm. And that's, um, that can be really scary. So it can be really, really dangerous. And I think yeah. that... So I can see why some people would prefer to keep quiet because like in Hungary, like when they have the um, gay pride march in Hungary, yeah. they have to have riot police there to keep yeah. like the neo-Nazis away. So it's like, it's, it can be dangerous just to be out yeah, yeah. Um, in any capacity well that's the thing in some places and i guess if you are someone who can live stealthily mm. and you know you've had lower surgery and there and no one would kind of no one would know then you would rather just assimilate into the rest of the culture and have to deal with any of it and have to mm. deal with the prejudice and everything so i can totally get it um I just think for me, it's just too dangerous. <laughs> so I, the image of like someone seeing these pictures of me looking all, I'm thinking, oh, she must be really dainty and small. And then I turn up and I'm like, hiya. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're not what I quite expected. I want to get all of, and that's why I'm like, I can't stand people on on dating apps who lie about anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't lie about your age. Don't lie about your dick size. Don't lie about anything. You can lie with photos as well. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. I'm, why? My, yeah. It's just so stupid. I will try and post like, nice pictures but then you always want to get one in there that's very real yeah i think because i that person if i have a date with them is going to see what i look like mm -hmm. in person and i'm not sat there with like a beauty filter and with lights all around me so i want them to see like the most authentic version of me because if they're gonna you know like me and go to bed with me or anything like that then I want them to know what who I am. It's stupid. I don't understand why mm. people lie. Well, I do understand why people lie because they think that they're going to have a better chance. But, but human beings like authentic interactions. So yeah. keep it authentic, kids. And back to the living stealthy. Um, the thing that I find fascinating about it is some people say that it's transphobic if you don't consider dating a trans woman. Mm -hmm. um, and... The thing is, I was thinking about this and it's like, you can have that view. But then I was thinking about like my job uh, in porn. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, the chances of a girl working in porn mm -hmm. that's transitioned mm -hmm. and I don't know about it, I'm sure I've had sex with a trans woman, maybe not known about it. Yeah. There must be one. Yeah. And you think like, okay, does it affect my life? Yeah. Does it bother me? And you're like, actually no yeah so like it is a good test of like is it transphobic or is yeah. it um you know what or it, like what is the reason that you would say that you would dismiss that whole group of people yeah is it just because of the word or the description yeah because like every trans person looks different yeah has exactly. a different personality has different everything so 
can you really dismiss all of them exactly that's totally um, true but i, I feel so like that's what it, that's why it's like so in a way it's like the stealthy thing if you do you know catch some feelings or attraction yeah like is it a bad thing like what does it say it's just such an interesting thought experiment yeah yeah i don't think it, i think that the term transphobic maybe is a bit of like a of a step there's definitely some people who won't date trans people because they're transphobic but i know yeah. but i know that there's people who would be like mm, but i don't think it's like we'd like to turn throw the terms like racist transphobic homophobic and stuff like that yeah. around very quickly but um I don't think that someone is inherently transphobic if they don't want to date a trans person. Yeah, I feel I like there's prob- so yeah, either. there's probably more. Um, it's like what well, they might fear what other people are going to say, or they might have you know, I, you know, there's so much more to it than just being like yeah. I'm a transphobe. That's why I don't date trans people. Yeah, the way I compare it is to like how religious people and non-religious people both watch porn and they both masturbate. Yeah. But the difference is the religious person feels guilty about it. Yeah. And like there must be like these deep rooted cultural things that because they've been drilled into you for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, Mm -hmm. maybe they're just hard to change. Yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah. But then there's the whole conversation of like, um, oh, if you won't date a trans woman, as of just as an example, who still has penis mm-hmm. then that makes you transphobic and stuff like that and i think that's where it's a little bit more complicated because yeah people have attractions to, to different types of genitals and i think that's okay mm-hmm. and um, i mean like if i use again use myself as an experiment i've predominantly only ever dated men i have dated trans women for a while a long time ago that ended in an interesting way that's the story for another day um and um I would totally be open to dating someone regardless of what the genitals mm. were. However, some people have a preference. That's okay. Um, I think so anyway. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's completely transphobic to be like, Oh, like, and, and I was always okay with that from, mm-hmm. from my, like if, when I was dating, I was just going out on the dating thing with people like, Oh, you know, like not, I'm not really into that as a lot of people put it. But at that point, I think where I would get irritated is that they don't actually know why I've got them through my legs. At that point, yeah. however, if I had disclosed that I that I haven't had lower surgery, and then they were still like, "Okay, I'm not into that," I'd be like, "Fair enough, okay." Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not into getting fucked really. Like I will sometimes, but it's not. I'm not super into it. So if someone's, if we're in a relationship, that's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's just like, all right, fair enough. That sounds you're not a match for me. That's fine. I don't think that person is transphobic then. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be like you say, too simplistic to call the person transphobic mm-hmm. because there's probably so many different reasons why someone might get to that same point. Mm-hmm. And it could just be circumstances. Yes, like, totally. like so many different things to it. Yeah. And I had this conversation with my friend the other week. Um, he, we were talking about um, dating trans people. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about Thailand and he just showed me this girl. And, you know, he fell in love with her. She'd had um, bottom surgery, mm-hmm. is that the correct term? And, yeah, he didn't think of her as any other way. Yeah, yeah. Just an amazing person he met. Yeah, of course. And interestingly, he said, like, if he'd met her, you know, he might not have met her if he knew she was trans before. Right. But because he got to know her, yeah, he was, like, completely cool with it. Yeah. So there is, like, there's definitely, like, some 
you know, when you disclose, uh, maybe yeah. there's a sweet spot. I don't know. Yeah, true. And that's what, again, where everyone's different, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, but we just, we, you know, we sometimes we just put these sort of walls up. They'd be like, oh, like, I don't, I can't do that kind of, that type of person, right? Mm. Or I won't do that. But sometimes you just fall in love or you fall for someone and you fancy someone because they're fit. You yeah. know, we need to sometimes just think we need to stop putting so much pressure on labels and terms and everything and let's just love each other and yeah i guess dating apps <laughs> is the problem because of course because like, you're putting people in categories you make a decision and... before you've met someone yeah whereas in real life you meet people then you make a decision yeah and it's yeah. completely different totally. it's like and and i mean we're all guilty of it and i am yeah. like i'm going through dating apps and i'm like mm, this person doesn't got a job swipe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know this person um doesn't you know has an office quote on their thing so swipe no they're going away and then like i'm sort of going through and i'm thinking and you are you're just mm-hmm. sort of like going off a key number of things but if you met those person sorry this person there's people in real life would you be acting the same way probably not no i base mine almost entirely on what clothes they're wearing yeah weirdly and it's so weird and yeah. snobby i don't yeah. know but we do we we put together this like idea of what who people are through yeah through all this stuff I quite like, I play a game with myself sometimes. If I'm on like public transport or something, I'll go, right, this person is wearing like a nice jacket and then they've got like, that's their handbag. And I try and see if I can figure out like what a person's like from how they presented themselves. Mm-hmm. It's amazing like, how accurate you can Yeah, be, right? and like little that's details cool. have been like, you know, or if it's a woman is like, oh, she's got loads of makeup on today. Or if it's like a guy, oh, he's got a scar above his eyebrow. I wonder where that came from. Yeah. I love to like try and like figure people out. But clothes and bag and haircut, all yeah. that stuff, it's just branding for people. Mm-hmm. And like you can see like what group everybody yeah. belongs to usually. Yeah. Yeah, you some people are a bit. Well, it's funny you say that actually because I was I spent the weekend with with a bunch of people and one of the people who was there, I had an automatic kind of judgment of that person, mm-hmm. not like a bad judgment at all. But then they actually turned out to be completely different. But it was because of the way that they had presented themselves mm-hmm. in their clothing and just the way they looked and everything. And the more I got to know them, I was like, oh, you are not the person I thought you were, and that's yeah. really cool. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, like my sister, she always um, dresses up now, even if she just goes to the shop, mm-hmm. to the corner shop, because she had like a bad experience where she saw like her dream man, <laughs> you know, when she was just like in jogging bottoms. Oh, it happens. It always <laughs> happens. So, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about romantic relationships. Okay. Um, is there anything different, you think, um, like when it comes to like more long-term romance with a trans woman? Um, No. Mm. is a simple answer i think you know we just we love in just the same way that anybody else would love. yeah i mean it's a kind of a silly question but i think some people will be thinking like no is it but i'm sure they would yeah um well uh, but it's a very like i said very simple answer mm. and, you know we are just as i know you say everybody's been accepting and yeah i think people would be surprised how accepting people are yeah yeah everyone is always has a like an opinion of something until it's in their front door yeah, I think sometimes I was going to think, the same and, and they'll be like, "Oh, I don't like all this woke." And then actually, when when there's a trans girl turning up because the boyfriend's brought them home, their boyfriend <laughs> because their um their son has brought them home, they're like, "Oh, this is actually fine, and okay," because I'm a normal person. Yeah, people just people are so aggressive, aren't they, with their words and, yeah. and careless? I yeah. think. And then, yeah, how, how they act when it's someone they love is completely different. Yeah totally but yeah long-term like romantic relationships i mean they're very much a thing that can happen for trans people of course they can there's there's a very big thing amongst trans people of dating within the the transness that's the wrong word but you know what i mean it's, it's referred to as t for t 
Okay. Where like a trans person will date another trans people. And I think that's quite common because you then have like a shared experience mm. and you kind of understand where each other's been from and you don't need to have any of those kind of issues or worries. Yeah, because I guess in a long-term relationship, just being able to relate to the other person yeah. is important. Yeah, totally. And um, that's that's really common, I think, mm. especially like, well, I see a lot of trans women dating other trans women, very much so. Um, I think with trans men, it happens less so. I don't, don't know why. Um, I don't know so many trans men, strangely. No, well, that's, trans men are never the conversation. They're never the topic that people want to talk about. Um, yeah. There's tons of them. I think for, like, for, it's sort of, it's not easier, but testosterone is much stronger. So if you're on yeah. cross-sex hormones and you're taking testosterone, people tend to, like, be able to live stealthily more often. I think so. And, um, I mean, if you grow a beard, you're just like, okay, what's well, a dude, you know? Yeah, I think it's, even without hormones, it's uh-huh. much easier, I think, for a, a woman to pass uh, as a man, yeah. I think. I guess so, yeah. The, but then the, the interesting thing is, on the flip side of it, that when it comes to lower surgery, it's much more difficult to make mm. a P out of a V, whereas it's easier to make a V out of a P. Yeah. It's so like, it's, and it's like, it's a big, 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 big surgery to do. They have to like grow it, don't they? They're, well, there's so many different ways of doing yeah. it. There's like one of the surgeries that, that looks kind of like intense is where they will take a graft from either yeah. your inner thigh or your arm. Um, and then they kind of make a meat tube. But then there's meat also tube. meat I'm tube. I'm calling venuses meat tubes from now on. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you know that. But then there's also a thing called, I think it's a metoidioplasty where they essentially lengthen the clitoris. Okay. And well, well, when you're on, um, uh, if you are a, I always get this confused about FTM. So if, yeah, female to male, transsexual, then um, your clitoris will grow quite a lot anyway. Okay. And it looks like a very small little dick. It's fascinating. Have you ever seen one? Um, maybe, but not, not it's, for a long it's time. It's so interesting. I love looking at them because I think they're gorgeous. So, I am someone that only four or five years ago learned that, um, that females don't pee out of their clitoris oh okay oh darling <laughs> i know but in but then they can i think that you can then there's a surgery that will kind of reroute it so you can pee standing up i might be wrong so please don't fact check me on that but i think that there is and there's all sorts of different and like you hear if um some trans guys will then have like testic testicle implants mm-hmm. and so they have like a hole and then like and it's like a small little cock and Mm. and it's all really interesting the different like levels that they go to yeah no it is fascinating um and i was gonna say that's about sexual relationship we talked about being sensitive when like going for or discussing the genitals Mm -hmm. but are there are there other tips that men might need to know before or when they're dating um let me have a think about that so I would probably, apart, the most important thing is having the conversation, making sure you're yeah. on the same page. Um, something to think about is whether or not someone is on hormones. Um, and if someone's taking hormone therapy, because it changes your sex drive quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Not for everybody, but for some people. I mean, again, if I sort of use myself as an example, mine plummeted. Mm. I used to, like, I used to be so horny all the time, and now I'm just not. <laughs> okay. But it's interesting because it almost comes from a different place. And this is something that I found fascinating is that I, and the way I describe it is that before going on hormones, when you'd get horny, I'd feel it in between my legs. Yeah. And now I feel it in my head. Oh, the cat's joined us. Um, yeah, because I guess you've 
experience like both sets of hormones yeah. now so you can understand both yeah perspectives. it's almost like when you're when your body is running on testosterone i get this like insatiable urge to fuck mm-hmm. and it comes from here yeah but now it's like oh i'd love to have sex <laughs> that's it <It's> like, <laughs> it would be nice to have sex because i would enjoy it and then when i'm in like the throes of it for me again it takes a lot more to kind of actually get to that point of being aroused mm. and um i mean that is just the cis female experience yeah and it's so interesting that that is all down to hormones i've heard it told the opposite way i've heard um trans men say that like when they have um testosterone that it's so powerful that they start looking at every you know person they're attracted to in a completely different way yeah and my my uh sexual attraction has changed i think as well Mm. and uh, i've become much more sexually attracted to women I've always been like, eh, yeah, sure I would. But now I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm staring at tits all the time. And that's nothing I've ever been interested in. But that's been so interesting to me. Did anything change in terms of obviously with like the the testosterone based desire? It's kind of like there is that instinct to just want to fuck everyone you're attracted to. Yeah. Did that change? Did it like, oh, you need like more... Um, like, more, say, like more of an emotional yeah more emotional. Mm, not really, that, not really no. i don't think so um i think like my i think it's a myth that men don't want that as well i think yeah, it's no, just, I, I, yeah. totally well i've i think that's because i've always been quite emotional and that i, I would want to yeah you know i did have a very high strike side but i like to be schmooze beforehand anyway mm-hmm. um but and now i'm at this point where i just, to be honest, I just can't be bothered to have sex <laughs> <laughs> I know, but in, but then also like my sex has become a bit more kink based over the, like the past couple of years because that's more interesting, and I think because now I don't have as much of like that desire to fuck, it's like well let's do other things that's more interesting. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that is like because I think people get kinky as they get older and mm. learn more about sex anyway. Yeah, I wonder how much is hormone based and how much is just natural discovery. Yeah, yeah true. That's a very good point um what other tips are there (laughs) especially maybe especially for like guys that are like first time to it because it you know if it's your first time with a penis say yeah that could be quite daunting yeah i guess so i don't (laughs) know (laughs) but just just do what you think that you would like on your own i guess or just ask yeah how do you like it? Which, oh my God, I heard this communication story over the weekend and I I was absolutely cackling. There was some girls sat next to me when we were out. I was like at a hen party over the weekend and they were talking about how they were referring to this guy's, uh, that they called him Pencil Dick. Okay. And um, and I was like, I sort of turned in and went, Pencil Dick? And they went, yeah, but not because his dick was like a pencil, but because he liked it to be wanked off like a pencil. <laughs> so he like what? he liked it to be held like oh. a pencil. <laughs> And apparently, like, the guy literally said to the girl, no, you can't hold it like a pencil, like, like a pencil. And I think that's fucking That hilarious. must just be how he does it himself. That must be how he does it himself. Yeah, totally. Pencil deck. That's so weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess asking, like, do you like your dick to be wanked off like a pencil? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if that's what you like, just go for it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. I just think communication is key. And um, don't be fucking scared. I mean, whatever. Just get stuck in yeah after a nice you'll learn you'll pick it up totally like totally but then i've been really surprised by people who actually who've never been who've it's their first time have been really good i've i don't think i've ever really had a situation where i've been like it, like sometimes it's been people who've had like plenty of experience you would have thought would have been better and they've actually been really shit 
it's one of the things I've learned about sex is skill is not related to experience at all. It's no, I get like that. Some people just have like this instinct for it yeah. and like a feeling. Like some people are emotional with sex and yeah. they like transmit it to you. And so many other people, even very experienced people, they it's like you're out of sync somehow. Yeah. Like like dancing with someone that yeah. not in time. Yeah. I like your teeth that. clash. Your, oh you know, like that. everything goes wrong, doesn't it? Like <laughs> they grab you when they're not it just oh. ah. Yeah. That's the thing about hookup culture as well, is that you really don't like you because one day you might get a good one, one day you might not, you know. Yeah, that's what keeps you going. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you're constantly hunting for the one that's actually good. Social stigma. We've talked about it a, a little bit, but I, I'm feeling like maybe it doesn't exist anymore. No, it definitely does exist. It does. Yeah, I think it's just changing. And, um, and in terms of like, is that in terms of being trans or in terms of having a relationship with someone trans? I think both. Yeah. Definitely both um yeah it's getting better but there's definitely like a still massive social stigma around it like um how does it manifest um i mean it manifests in in all sorts of different ways like through you know in person online and people just being knobs and not understanding people having wrong ideas of of what being trans is or i got it just loads of different ways is it um like malicious or is it maybe just lack of education and i think it's both yeah i think for some people it's lack of education and they're just not really that bothered or don't really want to understand Mm. but then there's there's people there's a small very loud like uh minority of people who are being very malicious and um they refer to them as turfs you know trans exclusive well it's trans exclusive yeah exclusionary exclusionary radical radical feminists yeah. yeah who are just being really really horrible towards trans people at the moment and i think that uh, there are some people who are sort of jumping on that bandwagon and it's making people panic it's making trans people panic it's making those who love trans people panic Mm. and um it's really like it's not necessary yeah it doesn't need to be a thing at all how do we fix it how do we fix it can i ask me everyone just needs to calm down and stop shouting at each other yeah that's what that's what's (laughs) bothering me like um so many family members and friends I speak to, especially older ones, mm-hmm. they, I don't know, they like, there's always some truth to what they've read mm-hmm. on Facebook usually, but it's always like a twisted version of the truth, like where they've maybe taken one extreme example and applied that to say all of America or all of the UK, or even looked at a niche story in America, like this drag queen story hour mm-hmm. which is not even trans people i believe no. like drag queens are gay men yeah well the vast majority there are trans people who do drag, okay. but yeah and i don't know like drag is like for me like part of british culture yeah like in like, i don't know if pantomime is classed as drag yeah, but it's very similar yeah. good old the, the pantomime day like part of our comedy tradition um like i've been in drag several times yeah i didn't think i see it that was, you like like it was just like you know for parties yeah if it was a drag theme we went in drag yeah um and it's just fun and can be wholesome it can be sexy like some of the best comedians are in drag exactly but people again people it's comedy (laughs) people are just being idiots and they're thinking that like you know that it's oh it's a sexual thing but i think that's they're sort of holding a mirror to themselves by saying that and um like if someone sees a drag queen they think you know, paedophile and sex 
you know, weirdo, then I think that says more about them than it does about yeah, that it's, person. It's very strange, though, because I know people, especially older people, who, like, I've been to a drag show with them, mm -hmm. and they've loved it, and it was them that took me. But then I'll be reading on their Facebook page criticisms of, like, of drag queens. Yeah. They're like, what's happening here? Yeah, it's bizarre. And it's like, for them, like, both can exist at the same time. They don't see any... It's just... I don't know, some emotional trigger they do. Mm. But I guess that relates back to what we were saying about there's definitely still a massive st like, stigma about being trans. Though. But the good thing is, I think it's it's changing these days. It's getting better, for sure. And um, like yeah, the younger if... generation like, are kind of getting it more so. Like my sister works in a school and I've got like, plenty of friends who, who work with like younger people and they're like, oh, they know more about it than we do. Mm -hmm. And I th I'm hopeful I mean, you've still got some kids who are going to be knobs in school about it, but I'm hopeful that as, you know, as people grow up and they kind of, they get it more and like society is kind of just changing for the good. So in the next 20 years, if the world hasn't blown up and we're not all dead. Yeah, that's always a fun possibility. But... I think we're just at the moment, I think we're living in this age, in this era, a bit like in the, in like the 80s, 70s and 80s and 90s with where we had that kind of gay panic. And like Maggie mm. Thatcher was being very vocal and, and all that about, um, especially after like after and during the AIDS crisis, mm -hmm. everyone thought that gay people were after the kids and they were trying to indoctrinate people. And then now we're at a point now where no one really gives a crap about if someone's gay or not. Yeah. And I and I think that we're this point in our society now, we're kind of living through that with trans people, where trans people are being used as scapegoats and and they're being used to like deflect and in different things for politics yeah so that's why we're hearing a lot of like negativity but then also there's a lot of conversation um which is which is good yeah i think the conversations are good i, I think i worried that the trans issue is issues i don't know the trans trans politics mm -hmm. is kind of been especially been used by conservatives to maybe punish all of the lgbt mm -hmm. rights yeah um, I think that's maybe my fear because at least all my time as an adult, I felt that, especially from about the age of like, I'm, I'm 40, so from the age of about 23, 24, I felt like we got to a place where like sexuality really didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and now it seems to matter, at least in the media. Yeah. Nowhere else, but in at least in my experience. No, I, I completely um, agree with you. But I think it's just being shaken up a little bit at the moment. Mm. And I think it'll die down. They'll get bored of it and go on to something else. Yeah, hopefully. I hope so too. I'm being positive and optimistic about it because, and I, if you look back at history, that kind of tends to be the thing that happens. They'll be like, great, here's a topic. Let's talk about this a lot. And, mm. um, and then it kind of dies down and then people don't really care about it. But as someone who, you know, has plenty of lived experience of going around and navigating the world as a trans woman, People think of a shit. Yeah, and the thing I've noticed is, like, I'm so easy to persuade. Mm -hmm. Like, whoever I'm talking to that moment, I just take in the arguments. I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. Mm. And then the truth is usually not that. It's mm -hmm. usually somewhere in the middle. So I see how social media really does manipulate people. Yeah. You only do see one side. And yeah, you have true. to really fight the algorithm to not go with what makes you angry which is usually you know the stuff designed to appeal to you know whatever yeah you know that part of your heart that's nervous or yeah completely agree with you. afraid um 
Okay, let's go back to more positive things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, okay, dating etiquette. Dating etiquette. But well, is that just the same as dating etiquette for anyone else? Yeah, it is. I feel like just don't be a dick. Be normal yeah. human being. Have conversations. Be respectful of each other's boundaries. Yeah. Um. Be upfront and honest with each other. What more can you ask for? If you don't vibe with each other, you don't vibe with each other. Yeah, it's just good advice for dating of of any kind. Yeah, I think um my one of my top sort of pieces of dating advice <laughs> is to remember that when you go on a first date with someone you're finding out if you like that person and like if you vibe on that frequency it's not there doesn't need to be this big huge important thing mm-hmm. don't get dressed up for a first date <laughs> this is one of my rules yeah now. like and um don't make huge effort like i actually think coffee dates and like little like things like that i don't like i couldn't think of anything worse than going and going on like golf or like you know when like people do like, yeah. fun activity i want like, something that i can escape from quite quickly yeah well, i told you how like i used to have a drinking problem and since i've been sober i can't have dinner with a stranger yeah like you like to sit with someone for two hours that you don't know yeah. the chances of it being stale conversation yeah. is too high but if i can have a few drinks i'm fine true i don't mind a, a first date for like for dinner i don't mind that as much but that's because i just love eating food and going out and stuff like that i, I love li- food so much but i'd rather go on my own and yeah, sit true. with someone i can't talk to. i think live music is a good one like a little yeah, small kind one. of like a bar that's got music up playing or something like that you can sit and watch them and then kind of like have little chats and that was like my go-to yeah um, there's like one bar in manchester that i took quite a few people to and i feel like i can't ever go <laughs> yeah i think everyone has those places like i yeah. Where I used to live, I used to have um, like one of the nicest bars in the city was just across the road. So I just have drinks there yeah. and then. Fair enough. We all do it. Have... meet my cats. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. That was my life. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess the last thing to talk about is like maybe the most complicated one um, is like masculinity and um, trans dating. Mm-hmm. Like I think we've touched on it a little bit. Mm. But do you find some guys do question their masculinity or do people question um, someone's masculinity if they're dating, say, someone that is trans? It definitely happens. I'd be naive of me to say it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, mates would have a bit of a snigger. Yeah. I don't think they'd mean it. Well, there's that, I can't remember who he is, but there's that footballer that was dating a trans woman. Oh, really? Um... Who was that? I've got no idea. So a big, big, big football star was dating a trans woman. And then, and like, obviously that caused, you know, a lot of uproar, people talking about it. Mm. And um, but also actually from what I heard, people just generally being okay with it too. I mean, she's fucking hot as hell. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone sort of saw her as okay, fair enough, she's fit as fuck. But um, but still, like I'd seen videos of people chanting, you know chanting stuff i don't know what but you know they kind of you can use your imagination and the kind of stuff they chant on football fans. oh yeah and um yeah so there's always people are always going to be knobs about it and they're always going to try and say something or question something and i think it'll for some people it might, they might question it themselves as well but there's just no point to it. like just like chill out get over it it's fine yeah like i think in your friend group like as a you know lad or whatever like if you give your friends that opportunity, expect about anything. Yeah. They but at the same time, I think if strangers made the same jokes, mm-hmm. they'd defend you like hell. Yeah. 
So I think like you've got to expect some banter. Yeah, totally. I can but, imagine that like in the lads group, they're like, "Oh yeah, your girlfriend's got a dick" or something like that. But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's bound to happen. It's just but, happening. It's happening. Yeah. But then I think of like because um, like in my industry, like um, some of the male performers do gay for pay, <laughs> and of course they get banter about yeah. it, but hopefully not to like a level where it's mean. No. And I think maybe that's like the line i don't know maybe the banter's wrong yeah i mean i don't know it depends on your relationship with your friends i think well maybe let's not have the banter but yeah in porn we're like very like um like we're so open with each other Mm -hmm. because you know when you talk about because especially you know when you've had a bad day or it's really it's a difficult job to do sometimes Mm -hmm. so we are very open and emotional with each other anyway Mm -hmm. so i think you kind of have that permission to have a dig and yeah know where the line is as well yeah yeah totally whereas i think maybe if it was just random strangers that might yeah be. I, you couldn't with random strangers no totally but then i think if you're having those kind of questions and, and whatnot like amongst like when your own masculine thing for yourself i think you just need to get over it yeah <laughs> is my advice but then it's interesting because uh, like a friend of mine um who she's taller than me she is an absolute supermodel of a woman but she is taller than me and she has so many issues i mean i one of the main things i had issues with dating as well as my height mm-hmm. and um and especially because i like shorter guys so that was always a bit of an issue when i hit puberty i was like six foot from 12 yeah and i didn't grow anymore yeah. but i always remember feeling like i stood out yeah and i didn't like people looking at me yeah I and guess. I suppose you can relate then. Yeah. And um, especially being a tall woman, like, I mean, for tall women, even like a cis woman, like, we have difficulties. But it's this friend of mine, um, she um, she was like, most guys, like, if they're going to end things with me, they're just like, I can't, but it, I feel demasculinated because you're taller than me. Mm. It's just, just so stupid. But that's yeah. but the issue isn't with that person. I think the issue is with the, the system that sets that up in the first place. Um. Which was set up by men. <laughs> yeah, I think... To make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah, that there's some great studies on height. Um, and, like, if I'm in a bar, I would always prefer to talk to the tall girl because I know no one else will be talking to her. Yeah. So it's just easier. Yeah. Um, but most guys go for the short one, thinking that's less intimidating somehow. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's, like, trying to get this same... The shorter they are, really. Yeah. Um, but then, to be, but then, like, like everyone that I've dated and like had a proper relationship has mm. been very much into tall women. Obviously, otherwise, it would yeah. Be a thing. I think people are into tall women. They're just yeah. maybe scared of approaching them. Yeah. Oh, I I follow those of Instagram accounts about tall women and it's mm-hmm. like women who are taller than me because it gives me a confidence boost. Yeah. Obviously, like, oh, I see these cis women who are taller than me. Have you seen that one? The tallest one in the UK, and her head's like touching the ceiling. No, but I'd love she's that. brilliant. <laughs> that video from like the early noughties and it was the woman who was like it was she's obviously on top of someone's legs and it was like a video and she's like <laughs> she like bends backwards going through the door i just always and like someone else's legs are like poking mm-hmm. out it always makes me think about that yeah and i'm um, back to masculinity um because some people would say that there's like a crisis of masculinity right and like obviously people worshiping people like andrew tate and okay um obviously people like jordan peterson are always trying to appeal to these like groups of disaffected men let's say like there's incels there's the men going their own way movement oh what's that that's basically where they decide we don't need women anymore 
and they kind of give up on all relationships with women. I think they'll still have sex with them, but of they're course. like, they're like that, and, and it gets very misogynistic. Yeah, but bless them. Um, and sometimes um, trans and LGBT issues do get blamed for this by, say, conservative. Groups. Of course, because they're trying to just find some kind of you know it, it, for it. I think silly, people but... are just realizing again that that masculinity femininity gender all that kind of stuff is just it's it's, it's, a, it's a very thin veil mm. and it's not this like hard thing that we think that we used to believe that it was and that again in this part of the world we've been taught to believe that men are men are women are women and that's not the case what's um, your definition of a gentleman say of a gentleman yeah and is it a good thing um I, th- I think it's my, a positive I guess my, de- thing. my definition of gentleman is just is, is a guy who is nice yeah and who you know you know just does nice things <laughs> yeah. i don't know how else to elaborate on that no, no I, I think it's a good definition just yeah. just do good i i have my own issues with masculinity mm-hmm. um um I, but i think that all comes from i grew up in northern ireland i went to an all-boys school mm-hmm. and i had a really rough time with masculinity with well with men who were kind of like lads 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 and i yeah. and i was terrified of it i couldn't talk to men for a very long time and so i have my own sort of thoughts and feelings and opinions about it and um i think that the more people get in touch with their feminine side and they like they kind of like i think masculinity can sometimes be quite oppressive yeah and and it almost feels like a weight on people's shoulders. They have to behave some way. And actually, to be fair, so can femininity because there's plenty of women who feel like they need to live up to like a certain standard or like, you know, you've got to wear makeup. You've got to wear a dress or mm-hmm. something like that. And that can be oppressive for some people as well. Yeah. It's almost like we should just stop let making people believe they need to be a certain way yeah. and just be your fucking self. It's hard though. Like, um, mm, it's really hard. I think, like you said, I think it's just a, shout like complain about instagram again mm. like when i was young i think i had got i was like quite lucky that it was that time when kind of being nerdy and geeky was starting to become fashionable and so like masculinity was like kind of these quite weak men mm-hmm. but they were strong mentally and that was kind of cool but now now instagram's so dominant i feel like masculinity has kind of gone more about appearances like it seems to be really important to take steroids Mm -hmm. like you can't get these like um ridiculous bodies any other way Mm. than taking loads of gear like like testosterone all sorts of stuff i was watching an old film with my partner the other day i can't remember what it was but um and there was the the main protagonist and it was like beefed up Mm -hmm. but we're like he has a normal body uh, oh no i'm lying it wasn't <laughs> it, it was rocky horror show uh picture show yeah and there's and rocky has got this i mean amazing body but he, that his body now it just seems normal to us because we're so used to seeing men who are you know yeah. in doing all these kind of injectable men and women who are injecting all this sort of stuff and look massive and and 10 20 30 years ago however long ago like that would have been near impossible you'd have been needs to be like buddy yeah, we're in like the gear Miss that Universe. they use is yeah. it's so complex and there's so many different types now. Yeah. But the number of men I know, like taking growth hormones yeah. and steroids yeah. is is mental. But that's the funny thing about that is as well, that's gender affirming. And like we talk about mm. um 
trans people, you know, taking gender affirming hormones. And yes, they're cross sex hormones, but like, yeah, you're Richard from you're doing the same thing. Yeah, he's taking hormones to make himself to affirm himself with gender in the same way that like cis women will have like boob jobs. I think it does come from the same dysmorphia as well, because most of the bodybuilders I've spoken to, like uh, one of my close friends, he's absolutely ripped. He's just like a human muscle, you know, (laughs) and he's like always complaining about how skinny he is. Yeah. And it's like it's like the opposite of anorexia. Yeah. Yeah um is it still dysmorphia yeah what well, is that is dysmorphia that... rather than just for i think it's... oh dysphoria so sorry that's sorry. when you're it is very similar but obviously yeah. the one's the, physical the appearance thing is that's happening is that it's like it's not that oh i'm skinny it's that oh i'm a dude yeah <laughs> you know? sorry yeah i got the two words but mixed up but yeah. it's very similar like my mum will do this to me quite often for like whenever i first came out and i was talking to her she'd go well sometimes i feel like in the mirror and i'm like well i'm huge and i, I don't feel like i should be huge i feel like i should be skinny yeah I'm like well that's but yes and so do i but i also <laughs> i also don't feel like i'm a man you know yeah and um yeah i think i was i i think the reason i mixed it up is because but, the, but you're not mixed it's the it's like I'm thinking it's a physical thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's like yeah. it was a lot about like attitudes and instinct. Of... Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't think what you said is wrong at all. I think mm. that they are similar. It's just that when you're trans, it's like the the disconnect between your body in mm-hmm. the sense of like where your gender is related and mm-hmm. your sex and stuff like that. But there's still that disconnect, isn't there, for like someone who is like a mountain of a person who mm-hmm. thinks that they're skinny. There's that disconnect and there's something in their brain that's telling them that they don't look like that. But mm-hmm. I think then, you know, we look at that person and we go, oh, well, you don't look skinny. Whereas you might look at someone who is male presenting and say, you don't look like a woman. <laughs> mm. How should we finish on a nice positive? Well, how finish on a nice positive? Um, I think the masculinity question is like my favorite. Yeah. Because, um, and I think it's the most relevant maybe to my audience is just. Totally, I understand Just that. don't, just don't worry about, I, I guess it's just about like being an individual isn't it yeah yeah and and acknowledge that there is a massive pressure on i think on mm. men and and on every but there's a massive pressure on everybody yeah. to be a certain way and you have to remember that all those people who are out there are still feeling that same pressure mm-hmm. and that it's okay to feel it yeah like the same pressure you're feeling to be masculine will be the same pressure that you're feeling to like to be um whatever yeah (laughs) no but you know what it's it's interesting because there are i feel so much pressure i mean look i didn't want to say to be a trans woman yeah but there is i wasn't sure like what i do feel but i do feel a lot of pressure to present femininely Mm -hmm. i don't look like this 24 7 that's for sure um i look like this for work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um but my every day is like jeans and a top and not a scratch of makeup on my face and my hair scrunched up on the top of my head and that then i feel like this is how i want to dress because this is how i feel like i should that like that's just me yeah but then i feel this pressure to to be more feminine and it's just i think every woman in the world feels that pressure yeah but um it doesn't make you any less of a woman it doesn't make you any less of a man yeah i agree Right, so do you want to help me work? We can find you. Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, my, I'll link to everything as my well. My handles to everything are your princess P. Your princess P. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, mummy. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for coming on. Like it was really good, and um, I genuinely learned a lot.